Hello, in this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I should be driving two interesting new cars around Liverpool and North Wales. Yep, definitely an episode of Gareth Jones on Speed then. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I am the Gareth in question, and I'm en route, as we speak, driving a Hyundai i30 Tourer, yeah, a little diesel estate car, along a road in North Wales, which I actually had a hand in building. Uh, (laughs) Really, I'm on the A55 in North Wales, near my hometown, Hollywell, which is where I grew up. And my first job out of school, I'm sure I've told you this, was designing roads and aggregate for a civil engineering company called RMC, Ready Mixed Concrete, big orange cement trucks, you may remember. Well, uh, they had a subdivision called Northwest Aggregate who supplied all the roadstone for roads being built. And the bit of road I'm actually driving on at the moment, which is the Holkin Bypass, I designed the sub-base, road base, but not the wearing course for, seriously, isn't it a smooth bit of road? Can you hear how quiet it is? Over to my left at the moment, I can see the River Dee, the Dee estuary, the banks of which I grew up on. And on the other side of that, the Wirral, and in the sunlit distance, Liverpool. I can actually see the Anglican Cathedral and the Catholic Cathedral, that which is nicknamed Paddy's Wigwam because of its extraordinary tent-like design. I love that place. I can see it over to my left and I'm heading there. I've actually come up from London to do this because the two cars that I'm going to be driving over the next couple of days, the test route, I'm told, will take us into North Wales. How could I turn down an opportunity like that? Two of my favourite places, you know, I'm very fond of Liverpool, I work up there a great deal, and it's always been the big city near me. An opportunity to drive two interesting new cars in North Wales. What those cars are will unfold over the next 24 hours for me. I get a day driving one car and half a day driving the second car. I'll come to what they are presently. In the meantime, here's a quick review of the car that I drove up in, the Hyundai i30 Tourer. It's not the brand new one. There's a new i30 out, I think, isn't there? This is the current generation, which is great, I have to say. It's got an amazing diesel engine with quite a narrow power band, but... The position of that power band is exactly where you need it for exiting roundabouts. And I have to say, on the small wheels, the, I think 15-inch steels that this thing's got, it's the base model, not even got a sat-nav, it puts that power down nicely without scrabbling. And it's great fun coming out of roundabouts. And my trousers, it's economical. I'm looking at the odometer now. It says I've done 412 miles that includes driving up from London, driving to northwest Wales and then along northwest Wales. Oh, and across England because the M1 was closed. Yeah, 413 miles. And I've still got at least a quarter of a tank. They promised me like 75 mpg for this car. I think I'm certainly getting 60-something. And I was hammering it the other night after the M1 closure 
business when I had to go on a long diversion. I was driving very quickly, so I would imagine if you drove this car very circumspectly, you'd be genuinely thrifty. It's a bit of a rumbly old engine, but I don't know if it's the engine's problem or the sound deadening in the car. I don't think the noise, vibration and harshness NVH is terribly under control in this car. It's all right, it's okay, but I think it could be quieter. Also, the A-pillars, that lovely swoopy windscreen makes it difficult to see at roundabouts and junctions. Uh, but apart from that, I've loved it. It's been a really, you know, enjoy it more than you expect sort of car. It's about managing your expectations. My expectations for this car wouldn't have been high, but they've certainly been met and exceeded. Right, expectations for the cars I'm going to drive when I get to Liverpool. I'll tell you when I get to Liverpool and checked in the hotel and had the briefing. But they're interesting, I can tell you that much. Of course they are. They're on Gareth Jones on speed. Okay, I've decided to do the North Wales tour guide thing for you because on your left is the D-side plant where they build the engines for UK-built Toyotas. Yeah, Toyota have got a plant here. They make the, I think it's called the D4D. I could be wrong. The engine block that they make here. It goes in the Auris, or Auris, as Toyota themselves say. And I think it goes in the Auris hybrid. Possibly even the Prius engine is made there now. It's quite a breakthrough for Toyota to start building Prius parts outside of Japan. In half a mile, use the left lane to take the A550 slip road to M53. Behead. Behead. They mean Birkenhead. Bigger head than Birkenhead. Also, I just... You know, I was talking about that construction firm I used to work for, RMC. Well, they were bought out by Semex, a Mexican construction concern. And as In I was 100 yards at Teesside Park Junction, take the third exit onto the Welsh Road, A550 Slip Road. Yes, OK, I will. And I passed a Semex truck carrying roadstone so someone would have designed and tested Exit that the roundabout onto the slip road then continue onto welsh road so someone would have designed and tested that aggregate in a laboratory at one of their facilities doing the job i used to do in fact there it is again now i've just come off the slip road now parallel to the main road and there's the semex truck as well which happened just as we crossed the River Dee. Continue you know, on Welsh Road for five miles. Crossing the border from my home country, Wales, to a land that neighbours us, England. Well, it's Merseyside, which is technically not England, in my opinion. <laughs> you ask a scouser, they'll confirm that. We're not English, we're Scouse. That's what my mate Danny says, anyway. Gareth Jones on speed! I've arrived in Liverpool at a very posh hotel, which, slightly surprisingly for me, is right opposite where I used to work. You know, I was telling you about how I used to work for Northwest Aggregates, and there was a quarry in Holkin, outside of Hollywell in North Wales, where I designed roadstone and analysed aggregate. 
Well, Northwest Aggregates also had an asphalt plant, hot rolled asphalt, what you call tarmac. The hot rolled asphalt stuff was made in Liverpool. They used to ship sand and gravel over from North Wales, from Colwyn Bay, one of our our one of Northwest Aggregates' other facilities. It would be carried over in a small freighter called the Rains Transporter, I think it was called, and delivered to a dock in Liverpool where it was turned into hot rolled asphalt and put on the roads of the northwest of England and North Wales. And I used to work here one or two days a week. We'd come over with Gary in the van and you know that was a huge huge leap from where I am now this incredible posh hotel built in an old warehouse I should point out that the hotel is called the Titanic which makes it a bit ironic as they're about to do a car launch here the car that's going to be launched here is a Hyundai the Hyundai Ionic so it's ironic that they're doing a car launch at the Titanic it's ironic anyway no more all our yesterdays although i can't guarantee that i won't mention a few things i know about liverpool and north wales while we're driving around testing the ionic there are two versions of the car i'm going to go inside now get a briefing and find out all about them that gentle rumble is the sound of a hyundai ionic hybrid been driven along the M53 towards North Wales and Chester out of Liverpool by an old friend of Gareth Jones on speed, Sue Baker, who's been on the show I think twice before, Sue, now. I have indeed, yes. Nice to have you back, my darling. How are you? Good to be back. I'm extremely well, thank you, on this beautiful day in the countryside Hamish North Wales. Well, it's a treat for me. I get to show you, this is where I grew up, Sue. This is where I first fell in love, all that stuff. I'll tell you that as we go. Well, lucky you. <laughs> Now, we've been given a car to drive around in. Hyundai are launching the Hyundai Ionic. I try to say Hyundai, not Hyundai, which I believe is correct. Hyundai, I Hyun- think Hyundai. Yes, yes. There's another one overtaking us yes, now. Yes. This car will be available with three very different powertrains. There's a petrol-electric hybrid, there's a pure electric car, and coming later next year is a plug-in hybrid. So Sue and I have plumbed for the petrol-electric hybrid first. Mm-hmm. You were on Top Gear the same time as Chris Goffey, weren't you, Sue? Was he on the, in your tenure? I was indeed, right through the 80s, yes. Chris Goffey always used to start every one of his reports with the first thing you notice. <laughs> he did indeed. So what's the first thing you noticed about the Ionic? I think the look of it. I think it's an interesting looking car. You don't instantly say, my goodness, that's something a bit different, that's uh, a hybrid. But it has a shape that sort of attracts the eye and you think, what the heck is that? Yeah, it is a new variation on a familiar theme. You know, there are familiar themes in this. In some ways, it mimics the Prius, of course. In other ways, it evokes some styling of the Hyundai Coupe, I forget what it was called now, that had that little glass panel in the back, like you say the Honda Civic or the CRX had yes, as well. Yes. Which you hate, don't you? Because of the height I am, I'm slightly vertically challenged. I'm not as tall as your average bloke. You're a broadcasting giant, <laughs> however. I wish. But <laughs> because, because of the level I sit in the car, the bar across the rear window cuts right across my vision. 
and I don't particularly like that, but I can see the aerodynamic reasons for it, so it's obviously there for a purpose. Well, they made a point, I was reading in the notes, the CD of this car, is it point two four? Is that what they say? Which is very low, isn't it? Which is very low. I mean, earlier in my career, I can recall great enthusiasm by manufacturers because they got the drag coefficient of a car below point three, and now we're right down there to... 0.24, amazing. I bet your reference is the same as mine. Wasn't there an Audi 100 which had the coefficients of drag written in a little panel on the sixth light? Was there that... was indeed. That shows we go back away, doesn't we it? We do. <laughs> wow. It's funny we have the same reference points. Of course we do, Sue. Of course we do. So the car is cute, good-looking. There's nothing bad about it. I think the non-body-coloured panel at the front on the exterior yep. will probably go by the Series 2. That will help it tidy it up a little bit. It's I a bit popular plus at the it, moment, it, isn't it? It is just a bit, yes. Yeah. I think I'd like to see that smoothed off. But it's a nicely designed car. The interior is full of pliant, soft-touch plastics. You know, it's not too plasticky like so many cars these days. Yeah. And it has a nice instrument display. It has a good size sat-nav screen. looks about 7 or 8 inches in width. Altogether, I think it's just a nicely trimmed car inside. Well, having just got out of an uh, i30, the current generation, yep. not the new one, you know, it's a fairly low-spec car, the version I'm driving, but you notice it, the NVH isn't terribly good because yep. of that. Yes, there are hard plastics, and they are absent in this car. It's clear to me that the market perhaps isn't ready for an economy hybrid car if people are investing in a car with advanced or current technologies you want to have a bit of a premium quality to it as well and it's just got a touch of that well, also i think there's an expectation if you're for modern technology and for new powertrains and so on you want the interior to feel a bit techy too yes. and i think they've they've pretty much achieved that yep Good with job. a virtual instrument display and yeah it does the business good well we will find out how it performs as a car a driver's car over the next hour or so and we'll report back okay thanks Sue. i'm now driving the car sue has given me the opportunity to drive and i'm very grateful because i'm going down a road i've known for many many years this is the back of moyle vamine what used to be the county of Clwyd. And we're approaching a part of the world where the Welsh Formula One driver, Tom Price, was born and brought up. We're near Rithin. And this promoted a conversation between Sue and I about some of the greats of motorsport who you knew, Sue. Well, I was very lucky to have been a motor racing correspondent in the days when some of those great drivers were around. So I was lucky to meet a lot of them and indeed know some of them on a personal level. You met Tom Price? I did, very briefly, yes. What a guy he was. Young, shy, good-looking, dark-haired, quite unassuming. You wouldn't have thought that he was such a cavalier in a racing car or how quick he was, because he was a sort of very ordinary sort of guy. John Watson yes. raced against him in those days, and I had a conversation with John about Tom Price. I said, what's he like? And he said, chicken in a basket. <laughs> yes. What do you mean? He would never eat any of that foreign muck, pasta and stuff, when they were travelling around the world. He was interested in chicken and chips. That was his staple. He was a very unassuming man, exactly as you described. Well, I didn't know that about him, about his eating habits, but it, <laughs> it does tally with the guy I briefly met. What an interesting young chap he was, and what a talent and what a tragedy that he didn't live to fulfil it. Yeah, died in 
1977, killed at a race yep. in Kyle Army in South Africa. It was mooted that he was the next James Hunt, he was the next British champion. Oh, he I, was so yes, quick. I certainly think it was felt that at the time. He was phenomenally quick and he had such promise that people thought he was going to be a very great driver and sadly it was not to be. You've met some of the others who have long gone as well from that age. Oh, yes, it was an extraordinary time. You know, um, Jackie Stewart was at his peak and Graham Hill and Ronnie Peterson and Jackie Eakes and all sorts of wonderful drivers with quite different driving styles. I was very fortunate... Turn half right. Oh, thank you, madam, for telling us where to go. Um, I was very fortunate at that time. It was a different era of motor racing, and Formula One drivers used to drive in other formulae as well. Yeah. And there would be opportunities for journalists to be driven round racetracks by Formula One drivers. I can't imagine that happening very much now. So who drove you? Well, on the same day, Ronnie Peterson and Jackie Eakes, which was extraordinary because Jackie Eakes in his Porsche and Ronnie Peterson in his BMW had such extraordinarily different driving styles. Eakes was Mr. Precision, no movement that wasn't necessary, absolutely sort of precise driving. Ronnie Peterson, on the other hand, was a cavalier of a driver. Lots of arm movements, lots of activity, both equally quick, but with such different styles, it was fascinating to see. What a pleasure to experience that level of skill firsthand. The, you know, yes. the, the nearest thing is for, I don't know, Mo Farah to be able to carry you on a backpack in the middle of a race. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be with them as they're doing what they do to such an incredibly high level, you're privileged to. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And to have them talking around what they were doing, what line they were taking on the bend and why, it was really interesting. You've met some superheroes as a person which motor racing driver do you adore respect yearn to be with do you know i think the one i respect most of all is jackie stewart Uh because not only a a sensational driver three times world champion but also he did so much to make the sport of motor racing safer in the 1970s it was a terrible era for fatalities for drivers being hurt for the danger of motor racing and I remember somebody saying to me well it's motor racing it's supposed to be dangerous Uh, no it's not meant to kill people it's meant to entertain people Um, and Stuart at the time he was castigated by some people for it but he crusaded to make motorsport generally safer and I think he did a great service to drivers who came after him well he made the sport safe enough to be investable by large corporations and thereby securing the future of the sport really yes I think that's a very good point he was the second exit he was also a very canny businessman he knew how to make money out of the sport and I think that was terribly important for the way it's gone and its future success Sue as we are in Riffin this is Riffin this is Riffin yeah I'm going to take you to see something well I think this is a place to pay homage to the great Tom Price and and wish that he'd survived to be Formula One world champion that I have no doubt he would have been well Sue you are going to love this then because 
as we go down, is this called Cluid Street? We've gone off the instructions we're supposed to be following. Yes, it's going to, it's, it? she's going to nag us now, but what a pretty little town this is, with lovely old buildings, um, some sort of black and white architecture, Classic narrow streets, town. lovely. There is a tribute to Tom Price here. There's a little corner. Now with, turn half right, and uh, then immediately keep right. Uh, where are we? I think I've missed it, Sue. Um, you might have to go around the block to find it, then. Yeah, we're, we're all right for I a few we'll minutes. I think we'll do that, yes. Being as we're here, I will find this memorial. Do you remember the name of the street? Oh, maybe we've come down the wrong leg. I'll find it. Tom Price's father was a policeman in this town. Oh, right. These roads that we're driving in a hybrid car 39 years after Tom's death, Tom would have driven in his little old Ford <laughs> in 1976 or something, uh, before then. He would have been pensionable age by now, wouldn't he? Yeah, how old was he when he died? Was he 26? He was quite young, 27. Mid-20s, I think, yes. Yeah, 26 or 27. Uh, is this Cluid Street? This is really... No, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Welsh. <laughs> Good luck. Even some Welsh people struggle with some of the names. The most difficult one round here is Fanarmonlal. Good heavens. Uh, Fanuchlin, that's another one. Some of this looks positively medieval. Yes, and it will be. And then you come down a side street and there's a tractor coming towards you. You know you're in North Wales then, don't Welcome you? to Wales! <laughs> I went to a school where the most exciting conversations in school were about the new Massey oh, Ferguson, uh, the Ford 5000 <laughs> tractor, not the Capri GTXLR. Exit the roundabout onto Cluid Street. Okay. And this is Cluid yeah, Street. that's it. It's Cluid Street and Upper Cluid Street, uh, so... That's the mistake, so... Okay, down here, down Cluid Street, from the centre of town, if you keep your eyes to the left, Sue... Okay. ...you will see, just round this corner, if memory serves, here we go. Uh, there it is, the memorial oh, to Tom wow. Price. Yeah. Yeah, can we park? Oh, I think we should. Uh, there's a farmer pulling out there. We'll have the space in front this of This one him. just beyond, yep. yeah. And we'll go and pay our respects. Oh, you're a nifty parker. <laughs> you're not the first to say that. I think it's because I used to be a roadie. I have good spatial awareness ah, from yes. loading trucks. Yeah. Right, rock and roll. Okay. This is great. I wasn't expecting on doing this today with Sue. Have you got your camera, Sue? Okay, so I can get my camera. I'm going to get mine as well. See an opportunity. Record it. That's what they say. So everyone else will be writing about how good the new Ionic is, yeah. and we'll be writing how good Tom Price was. Okay, locked up. Yep, it is yeah. now. The great thing about leaving your car unlocked in North Wales yes. is when you come back, people have tidied up for you. <laughs> is that what it's really like? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice theory. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were true. It's not like that in South London. No, God, or in North London where I am, no. <laughs> So here we are on the junction of Cluid Street, not Upper Cluid Street. Right. And there's a memorial made in, was that bronze? I don't know. What are the, what, what, I don't know about these things. It's a bit like 
like bronze, isn't it? Yeah. Made by a local artist and paid for in part by Dave Richards of ProDrive. You know, that's amazingly good likeness. Yeah. I don't remember his hair being quite as bouffant as that. Yes. But apart from that... Very difficult to do hair well in relief, it is. isn't it? It yeah. certainly is. Yeah. It's on price. And it says, which is an example of a certain type of Welsh poetic metre right. using what we call Cynghanedd, which is a repetition of consonants in a specific order. And it means, he beat a Goreon, the best, without turning his back on where he came from. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And isn't that cut into a piece of Welsh slate? That's it will it be, yes. Like. Yes, this will be slate from from here, from just the other side of the mountain. What a beautiful, thoughtful memorial. Yes, 1949 to 1977, a boy brought up in the Vale of Clwyd. Tom Price became a racetrack star of the 1970s, quiet and unassuming. Yep. It says so there. Yes. He was a Grand Prix driver, most peerless brilliance, on the brink of winning every prize his career could offer. A marshal ran into his path at the South African Grand Prix in Kyle Army. Both were killed. A true countryman at heart, he remains the Prince of Welsh Racing Drivers. He was actually called Maldwin. One of the things that you have in North Wales is that your first name isn't always your first name. Yes. You'll get your father's name, but your middle name is your name. So he was Thomas Maldwin Price. Everyone called him Maldwin in Wales, but when he went to Formula One, Maldwin was a bit weird, so he was known as Tom. Uh, yeah, I think Tom was a bit easier for yeah. most people to pronounce. It's a lovely memorial. I like the way that Tom leaps out at you in sort of relief. There's this distinctive face with a racing car on each side, and then in the background, it's the sort of the hills and the forests of Wales and a group of people just standing watching and sheep and tractors. It's really lovely. Yeah. Very thoughtful, very Welsh. Yeah. God, he would have been proud of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a Welsh speaker, you know. There's something very Welsh about the materials they've used, the images, the way that the people watching... It's like an art programme now, but, you know... Could they be at the trackside at Brands Hatch? They could, could, yes. could they be in a Welsh chapel, those people? Could they be hill farmers? Any and of those it, things. It, it's a merger of all that, which makes me enormously proud of it. What makes me sad looking at it, though, is it ought to say Tom Price, Formula One world champion, and, of course, he never had the opportunity to fulfil his incredible potential, which is really sad. They did say that he was the next James Hunt, the next British world champion. I think he certainly was, yes. yes. But I always think that his story, whilst tragic has a beautiful ending because the way in which he died and the marshal who his car yeah. struck died meant that marshals are from that moment on trained to a very high standard where they hadn't been before it was a wake-up call for safety in motorsport and his death contributed to proper training made motorsport safe thanks to him and the work of Jackie Stewart too absolutely. and investable by big corporations that's absolutely true so it saved other lives but it's such a pity that such a promising talent had to be forfeited in that cause we will remember Tom we will never forget him Gareth and Sue continue their exploration of North Wales and Hyundai's Ionic in the next edition of Gareth Jones on Speed available soon to send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones!